0: Better men, better ball player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. Thank you for joining us. Today's week's episode, <clears throat> we have Joey Miller, who's the current trainer uh, at Crucible Performance Frederick, Maryland. Joey's a local Maryland guy who is a self made player. He has made a self made career. Joey Miller, he uh, runs a full time, 40 hour Hitting lesson schedule for Crucible. He played at Frederick Community College as well as then went on to play at Concord University. A little bit of story about that. Joey actually had even had a red shirt his freshman year at Frederick at Frederick Community College. Worked himself to get a scholarship to play at Concord University, ended up becoming the national player of the year runner up. At Concord, where he set individual records with 28 home runs and 140 RBIs. He played four years professionally, some independent ball. Even after overcoming knee surgery, he became a two time all star. Played for teams such as the Roswell Invaders, the Washington Wild Things, the Trois Rivières Igleses, which is really French for Three Rivers, which is in Quebec, Three Rivers Eagles in Quebec. Played for a team called the Windy City Thunderbolts, as well as the Selena Stockade. All different parts of the of independent baseball. He is also a uh, host of a podcast called Heavy Hitters. So if you haven't checked that out yet, check it out. It's called Heavy Hitter. But like I said, Joey Miller was a self-made man. Uh, he continues to be self-made. Um, we talked a little bit about the interview when he was going through high school, when I was coaching, when I was coaching in Smithsburg. I, I didn't really even know Joey uh, in high school. didn't really know who he was. And then he leaves high school, goes to FCC, starts to learn a little bit about him. Um, and then he just blew up at Concord. And he talks a little about that growth, talks a little bit about how, you know, we as a society almost push kids a little bit, maybe too fast. Joey's a late bloomer, um, developed later. So he talks a little about that, about just kind of helping people where they are. And um, you hear a lot about Joey's individualization, um, meaning he does a great job of, and every person comes into his facility or anybody he works with, he tailors tailors things to them. Um, and I really think that's um, really good. And I think that we can take that same kind of model and putting onto teams as well. Um, the biggest thing being a coach with a team is you have to then make it part of it in a team setting and make people believe in the team. But at the same time, not everybody's going to swing the same. Not everybody's going to have the same mentality. And he touches base with a lot of those things, you know. So, like I said, he's got over 40 hours worth of clients that he's seeing each week. He's holding Zoom meetings. He's holding group Zoom meetings. And he still is very aware and treats them all, in, all specifically to what their individual needs are. And I think that's how we're going to develop the kids the best. Um, but... We discuss you know, how he prepares um, for the game and what he feels really matters in a game. Um, not just getting them for an hour, you know, teaching them to the swing, but he's really involved. And what I like about Joe in our conversation was that you hear a lot of good things come out of his lessons that aren't just him worried about the swing. It's about much more than a swing. It's about putting them in a good situation even when they are in a real game. Talked about how great players, how he has them journaling. And all great players. What I've seen, all great players, and what I've heard from guys who have gone on is when they started to journal and write things down, their career took off. Um, he just, he is, it's important for him. And you can tell through the interview that it's not just about baseball either. He does want to be a good example for them. He needs that we want to walk the path. And we'll provide them um, an example and knowing that when a challenge comes, he wants to help them be prepared for that. So, I hope you enjoy this interview. There's a lot of good things to take away. Um, And if you um, haven't followed Joe, um, he's got a big social media presence. You can find him on Facebook and YouTube at Coach Joey Miller on Instagram and Twitter, at Coach Joey Bats, You can find him at crucibleperformance.us. You can email him at CoachJoeyBats@gmail.com at gmail.com or joey at Performance.us. So plenty of ways to contact with Joe. Um, it was a really good interview. It's great to see um, great young man who's trying to do very best by kids and teach the great game of baseball the right way. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And here he is, self-made man himself, Joey Miller. So how's your podcast going, man?
1: It's going well. It's me and uh one of my ex-teammates from Indie Ball, and we just we just kind of hop on there and talk about um just we talk a lot about player stories and you know try to try to give people inspiration that way, you know, have people here a lot of different perspectives a lot of different paths that players take to get to where they got to I think that can do a lot of a lot of good for people for sure
0: absolutely even just hearing your story man just with everything going on that's why I've always told people about yours even as you in general it's like I never really knew who you were honestly in <laughs> high school you know and just how you became your own player you know what I mean like you were a guy that was definitely man-made and um, you know, you knew what you wanted to do. You stuck to your guns, your goals, and uh, you made it happen. So yeah, you were definitely, you know, inspiration for me. And one of the reasons I have wanted to call you and things like that. And one of the reasons I asked you to come on staff and help some of my kids, because let alone being a good ball player, I want you to, you know, know you can be a good role model for kids and you, know, you can be an inspiration for a lot of people. So
1: I appreciate that for you sure. Bet.
0: You bet, man. So yeah, I'm sure that's, that's all well. So, um, when you talk about that inspiration, like, so
1: it, what, how do you, Is that something that you also try to bring into your clients? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of, kind of to keep it short with my story, I was a guy, like you said, I, I, I didn't peak until I got older and I feel with kids' mindsets and even parents' mindsets, sometimes they try to rush, they try to rush the process too quickly to try to get the players to peak at 11 or 12 years old. And, you know, for me, I was more of the tortoise rather than the hare. You know, I, I didn't start on my high school team until I was a senior. So I had to, I, I kind of had to make my presence known my senior year of high school to even get a look for college. And even when I went to FCC, um, I wasn't ready that first year by any means. And that's why, that's why I ended up having to red shirt and kind of leading into my second freshman season. I didn't, I didn't start then either. So I, I didn't, I didn't, again, I didn't start until my sophomore season of college. And then I ended up missing half the year from a leg surgery. So I got, ended up playing well enough to get plugged in with, with coach Wright at, at Concord and you know, it's amazing what a player can do whenever they're surrounded by great leaders and great individuals. Because when I went to Concord, that's, that's, that was the turning point for me of where my career just absolutely exploded onto the scene. So I, I try to be, I try to be that guy with, with these, with these kids, you know, I, I try not to I try not to step on any toes with with their team coaches and stuff, but I want to be that guy to that these kids can lean on to, you know, help them stay the course, help them trust the process on getting where they want to go.
0: Cool, very cool. So let's talk about that process. So, like, um, you know, if you would, if you could define your process, uh, I guess from a from an assessment standpoint. So, like, when you get a hitter. Um, what is that? Well, how does that process start?
1: So there's, I have five tools that I count on that I look at with a player that I try to develop. There's the physical tools. There's the intellectual tools. There's the psychological tools. There's the emotional tools and there's the spiritual tools. And I think developing players sometimes gets focused Obviously physical skills are important, but if a player is only developing physical tools, I, I feel like they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to have that long career that, that they're capable of because they're gonna they're gonna run into tough times, they're gonna run into challenges, and if they don't develop those other four tools, then when they reach those challenges, they're gonna end up they're gonna end up quitting because it gets too tough.
0: So is that, so is that something that's, uh, I guess, is this part of your conversation or during, during us, during a, during a session or, um, you know, is that something that you maybe have homework for them. How are you helping them develop those different tools?
1: So when I, when I get a player, one of the first things that I ask them is, what do you want to do with this game? And it's funny because I, you know, if I get a nine or 10 year old, their answers are, you know, their answers are much different than, than a 16 or 17 year old might be, you know, a 16 or 17 year old. I try to get them to understand like, Hey, if you're a sophomore in high school right now, then we need to have you mentally and physically prepared for the collegiate level, like next year. Like I always try to get my players to be two years above their, their age. So it's kind of like a reading level. You know, I want, I, you guys, as teachers, you, you know you want your kids to be kind of two years further along than where what their current age is. So, with a player, I try to really develop those. You know, the obviously the physical tools to compete at a high level, but this game demands so much. The as as we get older, that if we're not ready for it, then then players become filtered out.
0: So how do you know those two years? So like when you say you're you're trying to get in someone um two years ahead, mm-hmm. what kind of tools you what kind of tools are you talking about? Like how how does a kid know, like, well, this is what it should be two years from now?
1: So when I when I get, let's say I have a, let's say I have a junior in high school. You know, I I, I kind of I, I look at okay, what what does a freshman in college demand? You know, they have to they have to be equipped physically and mentally for a sixty game season, not a twenty game season, a sixty game season. They have to be prepared to play, you know five days a week. They need to be prepared to go to class in the morning, go to class in the afternoon, go right to the field to to practice to, to condition. you know, so it's it it becomes more of a you know, I, I want that player as and as a junior in high school to understand like it's it's so much more than just showing up to practice and then going home. You know, you you have to be journaling. You have to be obviously we got to keep up with our schoolwork, but we need to be doing the right things off the field. You know, if we want to compete at a high level, we need to we need to be getting the extra work in. So what I actually do with my players is I create. I create hitting logs for them, hitting logs and kind of personal logs. So I'll give a player like six questions at the beginning of a month to, to sit there and answer and dial into to kind of dig deep into that into that spiritual life, you know, the goal setting and all that stuff. But I also want them to log, okay, what am I doing to get better every day? So I'll, I'll block out, I'll give them a, a physical calendar and I'll have them write in little notes each day. Like I got a hundred swings in on the tee. You know, I got my 30 minutes of reading in. I got my, you know, whatever it is. I took a hundred ground balls. I, I threw a 20 pitch bullpen. So when I get players to kind of go back to your original question, when I get players to, to show me those sheets, in between every session and be like, Hey coach, this is what I did this week. And they're actually coming to me without me asking them to show me like, Hey, this is what I did. And I can see like hundred swings, got my homework, got my 30 minutes of reading. I did my, I did chores for my parents. When I can see that stuff, I feel like that's when I know like this, this kid's going to be ready. Because he can handle that responsibility, and he can handle that—you know—he can handle the the tasks that a collegiate player re- requires.
0: Sure, because it's definitely a you know time management mature thing to do to be able to compete at a high level, still be able to get on the field with the, with having your grades.
1: Absolutely, you
0: know. So it definitely takes takes a lot more skills than just being able to throw hard and hit it hard.
1: And I, you know, I, I, I said earlier that we're doing all of our hitting training right now through zoom meetings and I'll get, you know, it's a large meeting. So I'll have 30 or 40, my first session, I had 60 kids on there. So obviously I can't like, I can't watch what everybody's doing at the same time, but knowing, knowing that everybody is logging on at 12 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. is, is, it's something pretty incredible because their parents aren't even home and they're logging on by themselves, you know? So they're actually keeping track of what day it is and what time it is. And, you know, that, that's a big thing with me is, you know, if your parents don't have to force you to do this, then you're going to be in pretty good shape as you, as you start to develop. So
0: with your, with your zoom call, so everybody just getting on, basically just going through their workout. Is that what they're doing right now?
1: Yeah. So I, so I'm doing, I do some one-on-one zoom stuff. So that's more of, you know, individualized specific for, for those particular players, but for the large group stuff, it's just a basic, just a basic T routine. You know, I'm just kind of taking them through three or four drills and you know, just having the group kind of have some fun, and you know, we're just we're just getting a t- we're just getting T work in for thirty minutes. But in those one-on-one settings, we're we're kind of diving in into the more specifics of that particular player.
0: What determines? So, do you you always have like group settings and say, hey, anybody, anybody can come in during this time, and then you have scheduled specific indie time?
1: Yeah. So the 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 large group stuff is. I'm just I'm giving that away right now like whoever wants to log on do it you know it's free it's it's something to just log on have some fun stay connected with with the baseball family that we have and the one-on-one stuff is has a cost associated with it so not everybody's doing the one-on-one stuff right now um, but it's nice to see that there's there's a lot of people that still want to be involved with with our little baseball community that we've built.
0: Sure. And I, I think this time, you know, do you feel at this time, that's something that even that you would continue in the future where you just have basically like these online distance learning kind of check-in lessons?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, it's crazy how these tough times, you can look at it through, two different lenses, I think. You can look at it kind of in the victim standpoint of, shoot, why is this happening? You know, why is this happening to me? But on the other end, you can look at it and say, oh, this is happening for me. It's not happening to me, it's happening for me. So I think with us as a business, we're, we're being presented opportunities to adapt. And, you know, this is, like you said, it's something that we can continue to, to try to get better at. You know, because we're not used to this by any means. Just like just like school teachers. I mean, those first couple of weeks, school teachers were, you know, oh my goodness, so I gotta do distance learning, you know. So it's kind of the same with us. It's something we've never done before, but I feel like it's making us it's making us better coaches. And I think it's giving the players an opportunity to because when they're on when they're on, when they're on their settings, when they're on when they're in their sessions. You know, they're with 50 other people. So, you know, everybody can see everybody. So they're it's given them an opportunity to connect with not just with me, but with all the other kids that are in the program as well. So it's really fun to see.
0: Yeah, it definitely gives I, I think what this could open people's eyes to like, well, like, let's say, you know, it's is not realistic for them to come see you once a week because they might live in Ocean City, you know, or they might live in the bed sure. um, or, you know, whoever, ever. But now you say, well, okay, well, I can also offer this and, you know, cause we can do a, we can do a simple 30 minute lesson or whatever, just over zoom. Um, you know, it could definitely open people's eyes um, to something new, you know, even for us, you know, as like a coaching staff, we're having coaching meeting, staff meetings and, you know, it's like, you know, it, it's not, it's not the same, but the purpose can still be fulfilled, you know, and there's nothing like the connection and being with next to each other, but at the same time, like, you know, if we just got to go over some housekeeping stuff and we like, we can do a quick meeting instead of having to get in the truck, go somewhere, sit down, have the meeting and then leave, you know, absolutely, you can just go over and hash the stuff out or resume pretty quickly. Um, You know, I think it's just going to maybe tie up, tie up some things where um, if things can be a little bit quicker, but.
1: Sure. I mean, I, I actually had, um, you know, I have have a pretty, I have a pretty good following on Instagram with, with players from all over the U S and I actually posted something about offering one-on-one online sessions. And that first week I had I had a kid in Georgia that that was sending me stuff and I did some video analysis for him. I had a kid in Massachusetts that did it. I had a kid in California that sent me stuff. So it's it's been really cool to kind of get outside of just, you know, Hagerstown, Frederick, kind of the tri-state area. It's like, man, I can I can make an even bigger impact, you know. Not not just tri-state wise, but but you know, I can be U.S. wide. I can be worldwide. I can impact the lives of millions of people, you know. And that's a really cool thing to start to see.
0: Absolutely. So, um, you talked about some video analysis stuff like that. Is that something that that you try to incorporate in, in every lesson, or does everyone have a certain video of all your, your video of all with all your clients?
1: I will, yes and no. So I'll, I'll do, I'll do some slow-mo stuff, you know, kind of dig, dig into, you know, certain adjustments maybe we're trying to make, um, just depending on the age level and depending on, you know, how that particular kid's aptitude is, you know, I might, I might have a 10 year old that, you know, diving into slow-mo might just be something that isn't needed yet, you know, and, But with those 15, 16 year olds, I mean, shoot, it's, it can go either way there too, because I might have, I might have a kid who's 15, who's just trying to make the JV team, but then I might have a 15 year old kid who's trying to compete to start on varsity. So there's two, those two different kind of stages of where those 15 year olds are might determine kind of what path I take with them initially. You know, we might dive into slow mo with both of them sooner or later. But the one fifteen-year-old that's that's been with me a while, we might dive more into that than the kid who you know is just trying to make the JV team.
0: Sure, no, it's just, I think it's great. You know, it's all based, it's all based on tailored to the kid. You know, absolutely. And so, I mean, that's a great, that's a great philosophy. So, and you talked about like um, you know your impact and stuff. What would you say like your mission is, man?
1: So my. One of my biggest things that I try to do, you know, obviously I'm training baseball players to, to be the best that they can be off the field. But one of my biggest missions I think is to, you know, whatever that kid wants to do, I want to give them inspiration to like, go dominate it, you know, go, go be that guy who you know you you might be told no 75 times but that 76th time like let's go that might be the yes you know i want to give i want to give kids cuz i think that's something missing with even with some parenting now i think i think parents coaches now this is some this isn't all but some parents some coaches kind of put a limit on what their kids can do and you know, I want to be that guy that's like the world's yours, like go attack it, you know, whatever you want to do, I'm, I'm with you, but there's going to be work associated with it. So I I want to be that guy who's like, Hey, we, we got to work. We got to grind when the challenges come, we're going to punch them in the face, no matter how hard it gets, but we're just going to keep plugging along because I think that's that's one of the things I know that I've had to do. You know, I've, I've, like I said, I've had to be the tortoise, you know, just, just keep going one stride, one stride, one stride, one stride. And, you know, I, I want, I want kids to understand that they can do the same thing.
0: Sure. Uh, and that's, that's great. There's, there's so many more kids that need a lot of that. And that's what, um, definitely that I think that our game even teaches a lot, lot better than most games for sure. Just
1: with oh my much, goodness,
0: as much adversity as it, is in it, you know, as hard as it is to hit. So how do you challenge your hitters then, you know, how do you challenge them during a session, um, you know, instead, or, you know, uh, just so they can, so like you said, that adversity is going to be there. So how do you challenge them with that?
1: So a lot of the challenges I present with kids is, is through the adjustments we're trying to make, you know, I, I, I teach everything through feel and exaggeration. You know, I give, I give players swing thoughts that, that they can have that's going to work specifically for them. So if I see a kid who kind of just goes into, I call it hit the ball mode. So they, they become very reactive in the box. You know, I, I want players to be proactive in the box. You know, I want them to go in there with, with a plan, with their plan of attack, and not get sidetracked based on what they're being dealt with. You know, they they might be 0 for four with four strikeouts, but that fifth at bat, they can go in there if they keep their approach, they keep their plan, they can tie the game with a double in the last inning. You know, it's a it's a funny, funny story, this kind of a side note. I played with a kid and uh, not a kid, he's a he's a grown man like me, but I played with a guy in New Mexico and we were we were in Arizona playing a series and he was 0 for, f- I've never seen this before. He was 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts through 10 innings mm. and he got in there, <laughs> oh, I couldn't even imagine, I've never struck out 5 times in a game, but he was 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts he got in the box in the 11th inning against the other guy the other team's closer and he hit a double off the wall in his sixth at bat and I'm like that is a story that I'm gonna share forever because like that's the kind of like you talk about a defining moment of of his career like that that's amazing, but you talk about a defining moment that I can teach kids for the rest of my life like oh for 5 5k's you go in there whatever boom double off the wall you know you talk about something incredible like i know it might just be a small thing but just the mindset that's involved with that just overcoming that adversity you know that's that's some of the main stuff that i try to challenge my guys with you know i want i want them again i want them to log What's going on in their games? That way, when they come back in the cage that next session, you know, I'm I want to challenge them mentally. Like, for example, if they had a doubleheader and they went 0 for three in game one, and then game two, they went 0 for three again. I'm gonna challenge them and say, okay, how was your mindset in game two? You know, you were 0 for three in game one. Did you continue to have that? Kind of Debbie Downer mentality as Game Two just kind of rolled by you, or did you were you proactive and did you re- literally take the game one pitch at a time like it's supposed to be taken? You know, so that's that's kind of that's that's the challenges that I present my players with. You know, it's little nuances like that that I think can get kept with them and stored with them in their mind as their careers develop.
0: Or And so then during, during one of your sessions and how do you, how are you teaching them that like, is there a process that you're going about like to teach them how to play one pitch at a time?
1: Absolutely. Um, So as we're going through a session and as we're making adjustments, you know, I can kind of tell by their body language, if they're focused on the right things or if they're just swinging the swing. And I, and I think that's a big thing with, with not only 10 year olds, but, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, like you have to be thinking about what you're trying to do at the plate if you're going to do it. You know, you you can't just go in there and be reactive and let the game happen to you. So as we're going through, as we're going through BP and as we're going through adjustments, if, if a kid miss hits a ball, to me, that's not the end of the world in the cage because he might've actually done what he was supposed to do with the new adjustment we're trying to make. He just was a little off time. So that, and that's one of the things about making adjustments that's frustrating is as soon as you make a physical adjustment, your timing is going to change that next pitch. So if I see a player go in there and he's miss hitting balls 10 in a row, and he has a good spirit about it. And he's like, Yes, like that's the adjustment I'm trying to feel. That's one of the big times things with me because he's less focused on how he physically hit the ball, that particular pitch. And he's more focused on the long-term development plan of making that physical change.
0: So what would you say is the, so which, which is all part of the mental game, which is basically your mindset and things like that. So, you know, what do you think the mentality is or like, or is there certain mentality you're trying to bring into each client? Is that all individual based or is there just, you know, what do you feel is the mentality of a great hitter that you're trying to mold?
1: You know, like that's a very good question. The, when I get a player, like I said earlier, I kind of, I kind of see where they fall into what category they fall into, you know, are they, are they in the beginner kind of survival stage of, okay, he's just afraid of the baseball when he gets on the field or is he, okay, he's not afraid of the ball anymore, but he's, he's still struggling to hit the baseball, you know, or is he a guy that, okay, he's hitting the ball pretty well, but, He's not hitting with much power. You know, I just, I just, I try to see where they fall on that scale. And that, that goes along with my kind of my first initial assessment in those first couple sessions is I got to figure out what mindset I can even try to develop with a kid. You know, I'm, I don't want to try to develop a, hey, go dominate against 95 mentality with a kid who's just trying not to be afraid of the baseball. So I th- I think that's a very – that's a definitely a very tailored thing just depending on what kind of player you get. And it's not just an age thing. I mean, it can be – you can get a kid who's just trying to survive at 12 years old, and you can get a kid who's who's nine that's, you know, playing like a 15-year-old already. Like he's already looking at, you know – pitch counts and like he's he's looking at pitchers tendencies and he's looking at you know okay it's a 2-0 count what am I trying to do this pitch you know I get kids who who are nine that are already trying to do that stuff but you know I'll get a 13 year old that he, he he forgets what count he's in at the plate and he you know he kind of loses track of what his plan is so I think that's a very tailored Tailored thing for sure, just depending on where the kid's mind is.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Then you're trying to grow from where it is from either standpoint. Absolutely, of, like you said, just being in the pitch, being in the moment, or also just like you said, not being afraid of the ball. And all the way up to is picking up spots, picking up pitches, hunting pitches, I guess you could say. Or yeah, um, absolutely. Aristotle of you know, <clears throat> or just as um like you said, the mentality of trying to get better, you know, because you're going to have to continue to get better.
1: So One one thing I try to um, implement, and this is what I feel like your teams in the past that I've seen have always done so well, is when they, when your teams, and, and especially for me, and this is what I try to get my players to do, before they step into a situation, it's, I want my guys to be already prepared for that. So what I mean is like, when you're in the hole, you have a job to do. When you're, you know, when you're fifth in line at the plate, you have a job to do. When you're on deck, you have a job to do. You know, you're, it's not, okay, I'm on deck and I'm just kind of twirling a bat around. And then, okay, I take the donut off and then I go up there. And I get surprised by a changeup that I didn't know the pitcher had, you know, I've, I've seen that so many times at the high school level is players are in the dugout players are, you know, on deck, they get up to the plate and it kind of turns into a surprise party and they're not ready for what the pitcher has. You know, you, you should already have your timing. You should already know the pitcher's arsenal by the time you even get in the box, you know, and I feel like that's one of the things your teams always did so well is you guys were always so prepared and you to say it simply, it's almost like you guys already knew what was coming at you. And, and I want, I want my guys as hitters to understand, like you can get in the box and, not miss a beat you know if you're prepared and you're and you're going in there with a plan of attack like the execution is it's going to happen that much quicker and that much better you know it's it's you're going to go in there and oh slider first pitch boom like you knew it was coming because you've seen it happen so many other times
0: Sure. So that, and that's kind of like the approach you know, you're basically talking about your approach of, absolutely. you know, from the standpoint of when you are in the dugout, you know, up until doing your job at each station, but that's, it's all really an approach to playing the game, being prepared. Um, you know, so do you, do you, how do you end up teaching that approach? Like, do you, do you even do you teach your kids, your clients this, this approach? Cause that's really tough. Cause you know, when you get them in there, you you want to kind of hit um, you know, but like part of, part of hitting is so much visualization Part oh my of goodness. is studying and, and looking at the picture, knowing what they're going to have. But I know that's all based on the client, based on the kids that you're going to have, but how do you teach
1: approach? I, I have a lot of different tactics and like, like you said, it, it, it literally depends on, on the player and, and how they learn, you know, a, a certain player might, I might say something to him that you know, another player looks at me like I have three heads, you know, or I might say something really goofy to a player that, (laughs) and that's kind of the the feeling and exaggeration aspect. I might say something to a player that, you know, means something completely different that's going to allow that player to execute what I want them to. You know, I, I might get a kid who, for example, you know, he's hitting a lot of side ground balls working across the zone. I might tell that kid, you know, okay, rather than, okay, let's make sure we separate. Let's make sure we, we turn rearward. I might tell that kid, Hey, I want you to try to hit the ball in the air down the right field line. And that might be, and, and I feel like that's a, that's a completely different, that's a different approach depending on what kid, but one, one guy might, he might be more into, you know, the, the, how the body works and those kind of cues. But I'm, it might just be as simple as, hey, you're hitting a lot of pull-side ground balls. I want you to try to hit the ball in the air oppo this next swing. And something that easy might be what that kid needs to to make the right moves. And, that, and that's something that I, I, I pride myself on. I feel like I do a really good job of understanding – how each kid thinks so differently when they get into the box, because it's not a one size fit all approach. You know, there, there might be things that I want each guy to, to execute the same way, but how they get there is going to be so different. So I, what I like to try to do, you know, Aside from that first point, is I want the kids to understand. Okay, on deck, this is this is how we prepare on deck. In the hole, this is how we prepare in the hole. You know, one thing I'm going to actually start to try to do is implement more small group hitting. So when I when I have a guy in the cage with me, I'm going to have a guy on deck going through their routine to kind of train those on deck tools. And then I'm gonna have a guy actually sitting like he's in the dugout with a journal, and he's gonna journal it, pretending like he's in the hole during a game, and then he's gonna go to that on deck roll. So I'm gonna try to uh, something I'm playing around with as a as a coach to try to get myself better, but you know, to try to give these guys more tools in their tool belt that might be a little unorthodox, but I think are a lot of overlooked things that these kids aren't prepared for.
0: Sure. No, I mean, that's, and that's like when I, towards the end when I was doing, when I want to do some lessons, that's where I, like, that's where I, I felt more, I felt it was more hitting. I felt it was more realistic and to do like a small group because yeah, you can incorporate a lot of those things that this is real hitting. Like, this is what we're, we're yeah. like. we're all like, I think there's where we have, we don't do a good job in our game of really preparing for the game. I don't think, you know, like it's basically, you know, you you see it all the time. Guys go take in and out, they go take BP and they go home Mm
1: -hmm. and they
0: think it's wild if you do anything different, you know, they think throwing 40 miles an hour from 30 feet and letting guys just mash balls is good BP. And it's crazy to me because I have these conversations with kids all the time. And then I get looked at like I'm a crazy coach because I'm like, that's, this is not good. This is not good practice. (laughs) I mean, if you were, if you were a basketball, if you're playing basketball, you basically, you just wouldn't go to the free throw line and just sit around, just shoot jumpers with nobody on you and walk through your defense and then go home. Like, you're not going to do that. Um, I mean, yeah, bad coaches do, you know, kids that aren't going to be prepared and yeah, you might win a couple games, but I just feel like we, as a baseball, like, you know, we don't do a good enough job preparing for the game. So yes, that's why I said, I liked that small group setting. Cause it was more game-like, you know, and I want to push my kids during practice a lot more where they're going to fail. Like I remember most times we're like, we're going to, we're going to put the, put the pitching machine on. And if you're, you're going to be fired up to foul a ball off, you yeah. know what I mean? And if you're going to just fight to just make contact and then you're going to see what your two strike approach looks like pretty quickly. uh It's going to come right at you and you got to figure and So like, but the best ones would just get fired up for the challenge, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. And you can't just do that right away. You're not going to do that with the kid that, that's not scared of the ball. You're not going to do that kid that's like oh for ten, you know. And it, it it's, <laughs> it's just it's just a, it's just the balance of it, you know. But like I did, I I, I do I, I find a lot of value in that small group. I think there definitely is, and I think that's real baseball, you know. Absolutely. I, I think and the big reason I when you to have have you on is because. I do. I feel like you're still much more of just, I'm just going to come in here. You can hit for a little bit and then that's it. Like, I feel like there's a lot more to you um, to, to, to what you're doing for kids. Um, and so, and that's the kind of thing, like for me, like that sounds like real guy, a real guy trying to help real baseball players, you know? And so uh, it, it, it's crazy. It it sounds unconventional though. That's just because not everybody, you know, all you maybe not make as much money as what you could do on a kid, but, I know that's not what you're about. So, um,
1: yeah. And kind of, kind of piggyback off of you there. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I feel like the small group, it's the biggest thing in a one-on-one session. It's again, one-on-one sessions are great. I think for if we need to make, if we need to dive into an adjustment, a big adjustment, Okay. One-on-one session is great, but if you're, if you're further along in the process, I don't want to just train you to be good in the cage. You know, we have to have those game-like environments. And I think a thing that in a one-on-one session you don't get is you don't get stress tested, you know, in a small group, believe it or not, it's, it's crazy, but in a small group, if I have a player around two other players and two other sets of parents, they start to feel like that little feeling in their stomach of, oh crap, like I'm a little bit nervous for this, you know? And I feel like in a one-on-one session, it's, they just come in. It's just me. Okay. They're really relaxed and okay. They hit great, but that's not game realistic. You know, you're going to have that little tickle in your stomach when you get in, Get it? I always did that first at bat of a game. You always have that little sense of, you know, I'm anxious. I'm I'm excited to get this going, and I'm a little bit nervous to be honest. And I think that's okay. But we just have to be trained. We have to train ourselves for that because it's not going to just happen automatically.
0: Sure. No, and I agree. And uh, because I, I even within that, you can even take another step because I've had kids tell me this, mostly from a pitching side you know, um, but I'm sure it happened from a hitting side as well. Well, I threw great or I've hit great with my hitting coach, you know, but then when you get your head coach there who makes the lineup, you know, like you got to perform too. So I think even in that group setting helps you perform in that situation as theirs too. Um, And that's why I think, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate to, to, for kids to lose a high school or a college season Because what you're also around is like those younger kids are around some older kids and they've get the pressure of that, which most of them, and even now a lot of kids aren't feeling that even in little league, because it's nine and 10, it's 11 and 12s. It's all sectioned where they don't, they don't get to see and they don't get to feel that like, Oh man, like that guy's really good. Or that guy's going to be like, Hey, you need to go do this, that leadership of it, you know, and um, all those things help with being good players. You know, we've all been around the situation where, you know, you don't come into being a leadership role day one, you know, like you learn, you learn, you grow, you know, and through time when you're ready, you're ready. And then you become a leader you become, you know, the best person at your job or whatever the case is. And I think, you know, that's something that we, we overlook. And because now they go to summer, typically they're playing with kids all of their own age. Um, yeah, you know, but absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking that, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a good point. You know, like I said, so you just keep those things in your mind and those things are great points. And I think that's really helping, helping one that separates you and your program, um, what you're trying to do, you know, how long you've been doing lessons now.
1: Um, so I started, I actually started when I got back home after my first pro season. So it was the fall of 2014 you know, I started at extra innings Hagerstown and you know, once that facility closed, then I moved everything to Frederick. So I've been da- I've been down the Frederick way for you know, this would be my sixth year. So
0: So is there is there anything like when you first started lessons to what you're doing now, is there anything that hasn't changed?
1: Is there anything oh my goodness. Just, or has everything was, changed? It, you know, it's funny, I was I was talking with my wife the other day. And I, we were just, we were in the car driving somewhere and I was like, man, I would, have, I would love to like see a video recording of my first ever session, you know, just to see, because honestly, I don't even know what I did to be honest. You know, it, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, I try to grow myself every day. And I I feel like in the last few years that I've really, I've really started to, excel more because I'm, I'm very open to what other people are doing. Like I take nuggets from this person, this person, this person, and this person, and really try to mold it into my own, you know, and deliver the information, how I'm comfortable with, you know, and I, I feel like a lot of coaches can be where they can get in trouble as they become very closed minded. and. You know, it's, it's my way or the highway, you know, it's, it's, they let, they kind of let that ego, like you said earlier, they kind of let that ego always stay with them. And they're never, they never take that down and be like, actually, you know what, I can use that. And that's going to make my players even better than what I'm doing now. So, and I, I feel like that's a big thing that I've been able to do over the last few years, especially is, is really take information that other people are are presenting and man, I can use that. Like, even if it's just for one kid, like if I, if I get a, if I get a drill or if I get a a nugget of information from somebody and a player immediately pops in my head, I'm going to take it and I'm going to use it because it's going to better that kid. That information is going to better that kid more than what we've already done.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, and every kid learns a little differently, like you said before. Um, and there's always different ways to say things, you know, but that's. Oh, my it's goodness. One thing where, it's one thing where I find myself, too, because I'm always open to learning new things and growing myself. And then it's a matter of knowing when to say no. I really like what I do and not trying to change too much. You
1: know, sure. That's sure. Absolutely.
0: It's definitely a battle that I have. Absolutely. My last question, I always like to ask this question um, is when you've seen, you've seen, you've played professional ball, you played college baseball, you know, you're doing lessons with anywhere from eight years old to 22 years old. What have you seen as a trait in those, the best kids, the best players that you've been around?
1: Oh man, if I had to pick one, mm, one trait, I would have to go with the word perseverance for sure you know it's I've I've had kids that have dealt with anything you know they've dealt with injuries they've dealt with parenting problems kids deal with grandparents passing away they deal with you know maybe a parent passed away you know maybe a best friend passed away maybe a Maybe a a sister got a really, really bad illness, or maybe somebody got cancer. Like all that stuff is affecting these kids in ways sometimes that they can't it's hard for them to recover from. And I feel like if I'm not if I'm not doing a good job, then I'm going to, we're going to lose baseball players at the end of the day because they're going to, they're not going to want to do something that hurts them even more and challenges them even more if they're already going through big challenges. So I want to, I want to really establish, you know, not just high level players on the field, but I want to allow them to really gain perseverance, have perseverance because this game's tough, but life's tough too you know we're we're all going to be dealing with stuff no matter what age we are and if we're not ready for it unfortunately you know there there can be a lot of bad things that happen to us
0: for sure for sure and it's funny that uh, you know you talk about perseverance when um you know that that's that's something that you could possibly say about yourself in your own career you know going through your knee surgeries um you know and then coming back and you know, still being able to play professionally um you know, having a red shirt, you know, not being able to start in a high school team to your senior year, you know, your perseverance is has really shown, and um, you know, even from you as a player. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, but even even a good hitter, a good hitter has to persevere through, like you just said, the five strikeout game. You know, like that's perseverance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's why I love that story so much.
0: Well, for sure, for sure, but that speaks volumes of the of the person, you know of the person, you know, that's about a person's mind of who he is. So uh, it's a great story for sure. For sure. But so Joe is the, uh, what would be the best way for people to contact you, man, after this, you know, wanting to get into your program and um, you know, get a little bit of inspiration and, you know, know then that they're going to, you know, you're going to take care of them and more than just becoming a, just a good hitter, but overall, just a better baseball player and a better, better person for sure.
1: I use social media to the Best of ability that I can. You know, I have I have my Facebook page and my YouTube page that it's just Coach Joey Miller. And then I have a pretty good Instagram following. It's my Instagram name is at Coach Joey Bats. And also that's my name on Twitter as well. Um, I always like to just throw out free content, free drills, free mindset stuff, like keep players energized, keep, you know, keep them involved with doing stuff at home, not just during the sessions. You know, I want, I want to stay connected with everybody, even if they're only coming in once a week, you know, I, I want them to always have, you know, I want to always be a part of their life every day of the week and not just the one day that they're coming to me.
0: It's awesome. So is that how they would contact you, set up maybe a lesson or to get in touch with you like that, or or should they go also do the crucible website? Should anything with Crucible?
1: They can go to uh, crucibleperformance.us or they can email me. I got two different email addresses. I got uh, bats at gmail.com and I have joey at crucibleperformance.us.
0: Wow, great stuff by Joey. And I just really want to thank him for taking some time out of his day to talk some baseball on the podcast, talk to him about how he, living his mission to not only inspire kids, help them through challenges, help them become better, play, better ball players, um, and just looking for himself to grow. Um, so as you can see, looking through that, I highly recommend Joey uh, for anybody you know in the Frederick, Maryland, you know, surrounding areas uh, looking to get a little bit better. Uh, he's going to help you out individually. He's not just going to give you any kind of cookie cutter approach. He's going to look at you as a whole. Um, you know, and he's worked, for, he's worked with kids who are just getting ready to start baseball, as well as kids who are in college and looking to get drafted, uh, as well as playing at, at the highest level. So, um, you know, I highly recommend Joe and, um, I just want, um, you to please reach out to him if you can, uh, throughout his, so, his social media, as well as his email, please feel free to reach out to him. I'm sure he'd love to talk baseball or to help out any way he can. So um, also just sharing this episode, just to get more of his message out there. You can share it on PodBean, iTunes. See on YouTube. it's also on Spotify now. So plenty of different ways for you to get to this, for anybody to. So please go ahead and share, share it share on your social media so we can get his message out there. Get our message out of you know continuing to teach the game. Not only just to make better baseball players, to make better men. Please leave a review to give you some feedback on how we can make our podcast better, as well as maybe future topics that you'd like to hear, or possibly people that would be a great person to listen to. But uh, I know in the next couple of weeks, um, we have interviews, guys that I'm fortunate to know some really great guest that I just love being able to talk baseball with contact me by email social media and I'll be happy to talk baseball or do anything I can to help so again please share thanks for listening keep getting better